Hey church, I hope you're ready for the word. Um, it's going to be awesome today, full of fire. Uh, God's got an awesome word for you today and I really believe uh, that it is going to transform your life. So, I don't know about you, but I'll enjoy watching movies. Um, and whether, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of romantic movies, but I love a good action movie. And uh, one of the, uh, and I love movies with, you know, with superheroes in them. I don't know, it's something about superheroes that really, I don't know, it, it just reveals to me that that element of them being a super, super natural, superhero um, element of their life or, or that movie really communicates to me that that element is Christ in us. And it really, it really draws on me and tells me the possibilities of who uh, and what Christ can do through my life and what Christ can do through your life through your life so the next time you watch a superhero movie look out for Jesus in it because that's the element that God wants to reveal uh, into the world today uh, 2017 um, you know there was a, a superhero movie released called Wonder Woman uh, and it's it, it was is this it's this awesome scene in the movie where they're all in a bunker uh, and they are, you know, there's bullets flying all over them and they're all stuck in this bunker and uh, they're trying to rescue people uh, in, this, in this scene. And Diana, who is Wonder Woman, she gets pulled aside by a, a lady from the, the village uh, and the lady cries out to her and says, save the village. Uh, and so she gets moved in her heart to save these people while the rest of the other guys uh, were saying, no, no, we need to, this is not our battle. We need to go somewhere else. We need to go somewhere else. This is no man's land. And it's funny how in that moment, instead of listening to the guys, she gets so overwhelmed with love for this these people that she doesn't even know. And in that moment, she decides now to go and rescue these this village. But there's Germans who have machine gun technology in those days. They had machine guns that were shooting at every single person that came out of that bunker. So nobody had anywhere to go uh, except run away from that area. So they couldn't gain ground for over a year. This is very prophetic now. They couldn't gain ground for over a year until, the, until Diana, who's the superhero, decided now to take things into her own hands and go in the line of fire so that she can rescue these people. And so she, you know, there's this whole dramatic scene where she climbs up the ladder and people start shooting at her and she's, you know, fighting off bullets and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and she's running to the machine gun, to the, to, the, to the Germans who are shooting at her. When all the men see her doing this somehow all these guys who were saying it's not a good idea to go there it's not a good idea to do that it's not a good idea to go uh, against and fight against these machine guns they're better guns than us somehow these guys all of a sudden feel boldness they experience boldness come on the inside of them and they charge towards this, these German bunkers eventually she overpowers the machine guns because she's a superhero uh, and she rescues the village. 
when i watched that that scene of that movie god began to speak to me about courage that every single human being not just christian every single human being on the planet has courage on the inside of them you don't need to be a christian in order to have courage courage is is a is a divine attribute a a value of god it's a virtue of god that is on the inside of every human being but not everybody uses courage every single day we may be facing battles in our life we may be facing machine gun fire we may be facing storms in our life we may be facing giants in our life that really threaten they really they really threaten our lives they really threaten our future they really threaten our children or our finances or our jobs or businesses or whatever that that may be and we're too scared to get into a, 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 an altercation with it face our giants so to say until we tap into courage courage enables you to come out of your old man into Christ Christ courage is the virtue of Christ in humanity and it is only courage that enables you to face your giants face to face head on and have the ability to be steadfast in your stand against the, your enemy even when your enemy seems to have power over you even when your enemy is displaying that he or she is more stronger than you the storms are more bigger than you but just like diana the superhero element on the inside of her was courage the superhero there is a superhero in every single human being that is watching me right now you're a superhero you can put on your cape you don't have to worry about who's making fun of you or not just put on your cape right now by faith put it on put on your um, your 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 superhero costume uh, don't go out of the house just stay where you're at <laughs> but just put on your by faith put on your superhero costume because i really believe that every single person watching me right now is a courageous person and you don't need a pep talk to make you feel courageous because courage is a virtue that is on the inside of you but it is only the conscience that can actually give direction to courage so today the title of my message is good courage see a lot of people have courage and sometimes courage can be used for not good things also you you look at most of the the evil that happens in the world today most of the violence that happens in the world today most of 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 murders killings all these all these things that that are that are so evil in the world today people are courageous when they do it it takes courage to harm somebody but there is something on the inside of that person that taps into courage in order for that person to do that thing and that thing is the conscience see the conscience can is a gift from god that is given to every human being and the conscience is developed if if you if you're not saved your conscience is developed by what you think is right what you think is okay 
what you think what people tell you is okay your friends you were hanging out with your friends and now your friends smoke and so now your conscience all of a sudden said it was cool to smoke and now all of a sudden your conscience convinces you to smoke but see for you to smoke without your parents knowing takes courage it's a, we must understand courage is a is a virtue it's a gift of god to you and me but the conscience that is not developed by the values of the kingdom of god by the values of god's word by the truth of god's word can actually lead you to do more damage than actually good and i really believe that this message today is going to really set you on a path of actually using courage to do more good than evil in the world see the superhero aspect of you is that the superhero really comes into them into this moment where everything is he's like oh my gosh it's dire straits right now i have no hope and yay there's the superhero and then you know the superhero saves them but that superhero was always a superhero the superhero did not become a superhero just because you were in trouble come on now that superhero went to sleep a superhero he woke up a superhero he had a shower as a superhero he ate food as a superhero he went to work as a superhero you must understand that you are a superhero in the kingdom of god you carry the the virtue of 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 courage on the inside of you and our responsibility in the kingdom of god is to do good good courage is what we need in this day and age while i was watching this this superhero movie i was reminded of a, of one of my superheroes in the bible and his name was joshua and it's this, there's this amazing story you know we we've heard it from the time we were in sunday school my gosh you know the jericho walls coming down yeah i want to i want to i want to talk about that for a little bit we see that that Joshua who is now a young leader leading 3 million people into the promised land okay you you must understand the pressure on this guy he comes to this moment where god says okay i want you now to take the army i want you to take the priests not even don't 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 take all your weapons and everything like that just take the priests and all of them with their horns and their instruments and what not and i want you every day for 6 days to do a circle around the city can you imagine what the people in the city might be thinking about if you read the if you read the story rehab told the spies that that my god when we heard that the israelites were coming how the lord had had done all these mighty works they our hearts melted like water which means they were already fearful of the israelites and now god is saying to joshua joshua i want you now to go around these this city for 6 days and on the 7th day i want you to go around the city 7 times and on the 7th time i want you to blow the horn loud and long and these are very important loud and long and when the people hear it i want everybody to shout and when you shout the walls will come crumbling down come on now come on now And so now Joshua now has is is a you must understand he's a young leader. He's just taken over leadership from Moses who is this veteran. He's like godlike. He has godlike status amongst 3 million people. 
and Joshua comes up. He's like, guys, <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> it's like Sachin Tendulkar. Hey guys, I wanna. God spoke to me and He said this. But see the the beauty about about Israel is that they followed Him. They followed Him, and we know that when they did shout on the seventh day at the seventh time. They, there was a loud shout. We know that the walls came crumbling down. Now, we absolutely love this story because we see that there are walls in our lives. There are walls in circumstances and situations. There are walls in relationships. There are walls all around us, and we seem, and we, and when you're a child of God, it seems like God leads you to either giants. Storms or walls, and it's like a never-ending story with us. We're always in need of supernatural interve- intervention, always. So I want to encourage you to get used to it, because God hasn't changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll never change this aspect of Him in terms of raising you up. And so now he comes and he tells Joshua, and so the walls come down, and he says, "Okay, now go and take the city." But I want to highlight something to you right now. God did not have to bring the walls down to show His power, to demonstrate His power to these people. God wanted to see. Whether Joshua will be obedient to his word when he is faced to face with his enemy. See, it's one thing that when you're in front of your enemy, to have the courage to fight the enemy, but it's a whole other thing to have courage to believe God's word while you're face to face with your enemy. Yeah, come on now. It's a whole another dimension when you have to do circles around your enemy and stand and see the salvation of the Lord. It's a whole another dimension to experience courage. Courage is really for a Christian, for us, for Christians. Courage is really seen not in us waging war against our enemy, but courage is really seen in our obedience to God's word when we are face to face with an enemy. That's what courage is all about. The virtue of courage is really is something that God has deposited on the inside of every single human being. But it is your conscience, ladies and gentlemen, that enables you to be steadfast in courage. Your conscience is the is the very thing that 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 is is developed by the word of God that really matures conscience that matures your uh, courage in order for you to to face bigger giants the next time. I mean, we've been like, oh wow, you know, we've got we faced giants before uh, in our church, and now all of a sudden the whole church worldwide is facing one big giant. But I want to encourage you. This giant, uh, God is trying to teach us something. About our relationship with Him, 
God is not saying, "Hey, listen, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm go- you, John, you, you and your church, you've got to wage war against this, against this enemy, and now I'm, you, you're going to win it because I'm going to give you courage to." No, ladies and gentlemen, every battle. <laughs> if you think you are winning the battle based on your own strength, hello, think again. Because the battle God had already decided. The battle belongs to the Lord. He already decided that you were going to win. He already decided that that how you were going to win. But he did not decide how you will obey. He does not force you to obey his word. He does not uh, put his you know his opinion on you and say oh no 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 choice now no you have a choice you can still go around the city for another 7 days and you can be dancing around the wilderness for another 40 years but if you can do what he asked you to do in the measure that he asked you to do not more not less guess what that battle that you think you're going to fight he already fought it you must understand now what god is doing with joshua god even though joshua was the second in command with moses moses was the guy ultimately that god spoke to all instructions came to moses and from moses went to 3 million people right but when it came to joshua God wanted to develop Joshua because he was a young man. I want you right now to say that you are a young man, you're a young woman, you are young. Said life is you are young. And so now God did not take this guy and throw him in the deep end. You must understand that the conscience when your conscience is 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 uh, is is developed by the word of God, the conscience begins to mature courage. Courage is a virtue that's given on the inside of you but you your conscience taps into courage and begins to mature it experience by experience storm by storm giant by giant so which means so as when you start um when you start experiencing giants in your life when you start experiencing storms and, and all of that it, god doesn't take you and and throw you in the deep end for in that moment you might think it's the deep end but actually it's just the first step but actually what god is doing is he's he's training you now to develop your conscience according to christ's conscience when you do that that's when he begins to now that, that your conscience begins to mature courage in order for you to face bigger giants in the next step uh, i want to show you now how god spoke to joshua and what was his response and he has a unique encounter where which i mean even i would love to have this encounter soon one day uh, and and i hope that you would have a desire to have encounters like this but remember the greater the 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 supernatural encounter the greater the giant okay so i want you to go to joshua chapter 5 and we'll read from verse 13 onwards and it came to pass when joshua was by jericho that he lifted up his eyes eyes and he looked and behold a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand and joshua went to him and said to him are you for us 
or for our adversaries? It's a simple question. He goes to the guy. And so the man says this. So he said, no. What does that mean? Are you for us or are you against us? No. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Which means he's not come for you. He's not come for your adversaries. He's come for the Lord. Come on, man. Come on now. This is what you need. You don't need... God is not like... God is not taking favorites here. God is not like, oh, look, look, oh, go, go, go for me. Go, go, angel, go, go fight on John's behalf. No, no, no. The angel comes on the Lord's behalf. Get... We have to mature. Our conscience has to mature from this. Oh, I'm his favorite. I'm his dainty darling. I'm, 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 I, God keeps me safe. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, you have to come out. Your conscience has to mature into a place where you understand that you belong to the Lord and every angel that comes in to fight on your behalf is actually fighting on the Lord's behalf. So, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? You see, he positions his conscience. He doesn't say, okay, Lord, change my life. No, no, take my conscience. What does my Lord say to me? Every day when you wake up, if you're not offering your conscience to God to receive his word, guess what? You're not tapping into every virtue of Christ that is in you. You've got to understand how God works. The conscience is so key for you to access every spiritual blessing that is in you already. Every virtue that is in you, you've got to allow the conscience to first develop. You've got to allow it. Place it before the Lord and say, God, David would do this. God, look into my heart and see if there's any wicked way in me. And you say, God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit, a right spirit within me. He's always offering his conscience to God. Because the conscience, if it's defiled, if the conscience is weak, if the conscience is seared, ladies and gentlemen, it really, it, you, you actually don't end up doing good. You actually end up doing more damage than you're actually, you're supposed to do good. And so here we see now Joshua falling on his face. What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. Straight away, he's disciplining him. Straight away, he's saying, hey, listen, when I stand here, I am the Lord. And when I stand here, the place that I'm standing on is holy ground. Take your sandals off your feet. It's exactly the same thing the Lord told Moses at the burning bush. Come on now. Now Jericho was securely shut. uh, This is chapter 6. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and it's mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all all you men of war, and you shall go around the city once. 
and this you shall do six days and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of, of ram's horns before the ark you must see how his conscience is being developed right now listen to the instructions god is very clear god there's no gray areas with god let your yes be yes and your no be no and so now it says and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout i wish my church was here right now then then the wall of the city will fall down flat hello and the people shall go up every man straight straight before him this is amazing because here we see that God is giving Joshua an opportunity to develop his conscience. He gives him instruction, instruction by instruction, word by word, direction as to what he needs to do. Nowhere in here does he say, Joshua, pick up the sword and run into the city. He says, after the walls have fallen down, after I have done what I'm supposed to do, now you can go and take the spoils. Come on now, this is prophetic now for you. Some of us have been fighting battles, have been trying to climb walls, have been trying to blast through walls. Where some of us have trying to be trying to do things in our own strength, but God is saying, "Hey, listen. When I fight your battles for you, when I fight the battle for you, your responsibility is only to take the spoils of the war." Your responsibility is only to take the spoils of the war. March the, this month is the beginning where you will begin to take the spoils of the war, the spoils of everything that you've been battling with over the last years, the years of your life. The beginning this month, I prophesy over your life and I declare in the name of Jesus that you will begin to receive the spoils of the war, the spoils of every battle because the Lord has fought your battle and He has won the battle for you. Come on. But there's something about this word, see. There's something about it. The Lord comes to Joshua even before the battle and he says, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Wow. So you must understand that when Joshua lifted up his eyes, he was by Jericho. He lifted up his eyes. He saw a man with a sword drawn. He didn't see Jericho in his hand. Until he met the man who was the commander of the Lord's army. And the, that man now began to tell Joshua, Hey Joshua, this is the plan. I want you to see the result before it even happens. Why? Because somewhere in Joshua's conscience, in, his, in the eyes of his mind, in the eyes of his spirit, he had to be convinced. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Evidence of things not seen, which means there's an evidence. I have an I am 100% sure I've seen, I can see my breakthrough. I can see the harvest. I can see, Jesus says, look up and see the harvest. For the time is now. What do you see when you're faced with a giant? 
What do you see when you're faced with a storm? What do you see when you're faced with a pandemic? What do you see when your boss is against you? What do you see when your parents are against you? What do you see when your in-laws are against you? What do you see? See, because what you see is what you will manifest. Joshua did not need courage to fight the war because that battle was already won by the Lord. But he needed courage to obey the instruction, the word by word instruction that God gave Joshua. How many of us read the Bible every day? How many of us listen to message after message after message? How many of us really position our hearts and say, position our conscience before the Lord, position our spirits before the Lord and say, God, this is my spirit. This is my, my heart before you. These are, my, this, these are the eyes of my heart. I place them before you and I ask you to give me the instruction for my life. We're too focused on the battle when the battle is the Lord's. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not, it's against principalities and powers of darkness. We're, we're, we're on a completely different level. We, we fight against not the, not the things that fight against us in the flesh, but we fight against the guys that are causing them to fight against us. Come on now. But even in that, the battle's already won. Joshua is standing before this man and because he is the commander of the Lord's army and this is holy ground, he realizes, okay, I'm having an encounter right now. I need to listen to this guy. How many of us treat life experience like that? How many of us treat the word of God like that? When we wake up every morning or when we, when, before we go to sleep, I want to receive, I want my conscience to be, to be filled, developed by the word of God. Why? Because I, I might be fighting battles I'm not supposed to be in. Because we, we, we're, we're waging war against people that we're supposed to love. We should be more focused. We need courage not to fight other people. We don't need courage to wage war against nation against nation. We don't need, we, we don't need courage to, to do these wow, great and mighty feats. We need courage to obey the word of God while we're in the middle of a storm. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6 right now. We'll read two verses. Actually, we'll read three verses from 21. This is the end of a passage. And he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then he says this, The lamp of the body is the eye. Now, last week I spoke about the eyes of the heart. Your, that eye is your conscience, ladies and gentlemen. And your heart is your spirit. Your spirit has its own, has, its, it has a mind that mind is the conscience and that conscience has eyes. They are the eyes of the spirit. They, 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 are, they look, when you look into the conscience, you can actually see the spirit. The spirit communicates to, with the conscience and the conscience communicates with the spirit. And so Jesus is saying here, the lamp is the body. The lamp of the body is the eye. Okay. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Right? 
But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This is phenomenal and it always baffled me. And, and, and I was waiting for a moment when God would reveal this passage to me, right? And then he go, when I understood the conscience, that's when I started understanding what he's actually trying to say here. So he's saying the lamp of the body is the eye. So the conscience is the lamp, okay, the eyes of your heart, the spirit man, the body, the flesh. You know, he breathed the breath of life into man and man became a living soul, right? That breath is spirit. So when spirit came into man, now that spirit had eyes and that eyes are constantly looking all over the place. And so when the when the commander of the angel, the commander of the Lord's armies come to Joshua, he says, what, what do you see? He says, see, I have already given you. So he's talking to his conscience. And so here Jesus is also saying, if your eye is good, then your whole body, body is full of light. Which means if your conscience is clean, if your conscience is, has a conscience of Christ, then, then you have the body of Christ. Come on now. So which means if you have the body of Christ, then you're, you can tap into everything that is in the body. Everything that is Christ, you can tap into. Every grace that belongs to Christ, every inheritance that belongs to Christ, every blessing that belongs to Christ, you have the ability to tap into it only because your conscience has been developed by the Word of God. But then he goes on to say, if your eye is bad, which means your conscience can also be developed in a bad manner, with bad things, with worldly things with fleshy things. Why? Because then your body is full of darkness. So your body begins to produce things or do things that are done in the darkness. Come on now. The evil works, the, 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 the hiding away from people and doing things, the, all, the, all the secret sins, all that stuff that happens, right? That happens when your conscience is bad. Then Jesus says, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness which means there's light in you and that light has been is, is succumbed by darkness which means that light which was in you because in the beginning when God created he created all things by the word so which means everything has the light of God in it but your conscience now can determine whether light overtakes the body or darkness overtakes the body so if now darkness is full in your body, how great is that darkness? Because that determines how dark your conscience is. Come on church. So it's very interesting what Jesus is trying to say. Because it all starts with the conscience. The eye of the heart. So if your eye is full of sin... If your eye is looking at sinful things, if your eye is reading sinful books, if your eye is, is, is your, your conscience is, your, you believe that it's okay, it's okay to smoke, it's okay to drink, it's okay to do these evil things, it's okay for me to, to look at things that are, that, are not, that are not respectable and honorable to people. It's okay for me to look at a woman or a man with lust. It's okay, man, because my friends did it. My, I saw my dad doing it. I saw my mom doing it. And so now it's okay for me to do it as well. Guess what? Your conscience that 
is being developed slowly little by little is tapping into courage over a period of time and so now what started as something very innocent something that is very like harmless has now slowly started becoming a desire on the inside of you and that desire when it overtakes you then it starts destroying the body and destroying every body around you see I, I, this is a negative example but I, i just want to say it so that you can understand what what i'm actually trying to say what jesus is actually trying to say you know a criminal never wakes up one day and is a full-fledged criminal let's let's say for example you know we've we've heard stories about jewel thieves that that for that person or a bank robber for that person to to rob a bank okay there was a moment in time where he innocently started stealing money from his mom and dad's wallet so we see now that there's a gradual progression in how courage how a defiled conscience begins to tap into courage and so first it will be like oh stealing money from the mom and dad's wallet then it will be stealing postcards from the shop then it will be stealing sweets from the shop little by little boldness courage begins to grow on the inside of you and your conscience now begins to tell you it's okay come on you can do it you're the best man you're the best thief ever like oh my god you're the best this you're the best that and so now we see that that the conscience begins to to tap into courage and now there seems to be a confidence in stealing killing destroying what does jesus say a thief comes to steal kill and destroy but i have come to give you life and life in its abundance so what where where does it all start it starts with the conscience See when when a person wants to join an army one of my friends rather wanted to join the army because his father was in the army and but but when when a person signs up they're super excited because they are they're confident that they want to you know save their nation or they they want to win the war or they want to fight against them whatever their reasons are they make up in their mind uh, to sign the 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 dotted line to go there now whatever this camaraderie the brothers in arms whatever you want to call it that's okay that's your deal um but when they sign the, the the dotted line and they take them to the base they don't send them straight to the front line there's a gradual progression of what they train your mind they train your conscience in your conscience you should be able to pull the trigger at an enemy and not feel sorry for them I not say oh please you know don't do these things no let let's talk about peace no no he is <laughs> his mind his mind he is going to kill you so is the either kill or be killed and they set your mind up for that i'm 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 using these examples because you need to understand that 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 conscience is everywhere and we our conscience is developed but this person who joins the army slowly little by little they work on their fitness and they get them to sing these songs and they get them to you know to, to feel the brotherly love and and it's like a club and a gang and and you know you got my back and i got your back and and all that kind of stuff everybody's got everybody's back and now they've got these guns and they little by little they're training them to become killers 
for the nation. But see, somewhere down in their conscience, they believe that it's a good thing to kill another person. And that taps into courage when they're on the front line. And over a period of time, they're, they're given assignments that, are, that, that increase the level of courage on the inside of them. And when they, they, their bosses decide, okay, this person is good for the front line, now they send them to the front line. If they send a person who is fresh off the streets into the front line, you are going to lose your war. God does exactly the same thing. The Bible says that he does not allow you to be tempted more than you can handle. Some of us are really getting set free today. Because you've been waging wars that you shouldn't have been in. Our responsibility, the enemy causes you to, to, to get caught up with the storm. Oh my God, the pandemic. We're all going to die. No, we're not all going to die. We're all going to live. Amen. Amen. Oh, oh, you're going to lose your job. The economy's crashed. Ah, I've been through two recessions and none of it has affected anybody that are around us. Come on now. But it has affected the people who believed in the recession. Who believed that it was something. I really believe that God is giving us an opportunity. to tap into courage because we need courage to obey his word when we're facing an enemy that he has placed in front of us. See, most of our battles, God is the one who took us and put us right there. Because honestly, if I were to fight, if I were to have a battle, I wouldn't have a battle. I would rather because we're peace-loving people, man. I would, I would just chill, you know, we'd be, Kelsey and I, we're okay. We don't need all this fighting stuff. We don't need it. But God is the one that says, okay, I want to develop courage. I want to develop my virtue on the inside of you. And so, son, you have to. <laughs> you are going to overcome these giants. Why? But I'll make it easy for you. When you're facing these giants, you just think about me. I wanna, I'm going to make it easy for you. You don't even have to fight this guy. You don't even have to fight the storm. Don't even engage with the storm. Let me fight and win it for you. Then you can come and take what belongs to me. Come on now. This is our responsibility. This is grace. We're like, oh, what does the law say? I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to do this. I'm going to cast out these demons. I want to do that. We're trying to throw axes against the air. and we're, we're trying to cut things and we're doing all these things in the spirit. And God is like, hello, excuse me. Just stop. Let's take a chill pill for a moment. Just get into the shalom zone. Hashtag it if you want. That's absolutely fine. Get into your shalom zone. Wait for me to finish your enemy so that you can now come and take what rightfully belongs to you. This is our inheritance as children of God. Not fighting and waging war. Ah, ah, trying to prove a point. Some of us, you know, when I, 
I don't know about you, but growing up, because I grew up in ministry, I always wanted to, you know, do mass crusades. Have you heard of that word? Mass crusades. It's like with the only people that we know who did anything mass was either Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke. And they had million, they had a million souls saved and two millions of, wow, I was like, oh, million, wow. I never knew what a million was until Reinhard Bonnke said a million souls got saved. It's crazy. I never imagined a million people would come for a meeting. Until that man did it. But you see, he never saved anybody. He just went there and preached the word of God. He just obeyed the word of God. Somebody set up the stage. Somebody did the music system. Somebody led worship. Somebody did everything. Somebody prepared the atmosphere, whatever you want to call it. He just came and spoke what God told him to speak. And those people gave their lives to Jesus. Hello. The battle belongs to the Lord. But see, I want to... In the same light, we look at people who look at the Forbes list. Wow, Forbes 100 billionaires in the world. And we look at that and we're like, wow, I want to be on that list. (laughs) You want to be on a billionaire's list? That's an awesome, awesome desire. You should have it. But if you don't know how to manage your monthly budget, if you don't know how to manage your company's sales budgets, I would suggest rethinking your strategy of how to get on the Forbes list. Because a lot of us get caught up in the lifestyle of the Forbes 100 and we think that, ah, that's what I want. Actually, if God wanted you to be on that list, He will set you up for it. In fact, I'm seeing right now, I'm seeing people in our church beginning to understand what God is calling them to do. Some of you are going to be rich. Some of you are going to have the billions. But God has begun to train you up from now. See, you must understand that God looks at the little. He, the way he raises you up is if you submit your conscience to him, he, dis- he trains you up by teaching your conscience. And when he teaches your conscience, your conscience begins to mature courage on the inside of you. And so when he teaches your conscience, now he brings a test that is in equal proportion to what he's taught you. And then what he does is he overcomes that giant. So that now you think that, wow, you did it. And you get the spoils of that giant. You get a sales target or you get a bonus on your salary or you get an increase in your, in your, in your, you know, your salary every month or your business just increased by 20% when you expected it to be 2%, whatever it is. And you thought it was about you. And you're like, wow, now, now you qualified yourself to write leadership books now. But I want to tell you that that is just step one. Step one to where God wants to take you. But do you see it? That's the thing. Do you see? Has God told you that that's where he wants you to be? Because if he has, he will prepare you for it. Because he has already prepared the way. The way, the truth and the life has already done it. Now it's time for you to be ready so that you can step into the place that God has prepared for you. You know, Jesus, it's amazing that Joshua didn't really go to Jericho 
But Joshua had to do these little things that God instructed him. See, there's a reason why God told Joshua from Deuteronomy 31 to Joshua chapter 1, God told Joshua, be strong and have good courage. Be strong and of good courage six times. Like after the second time, I'll be like, okay, I get it. Six times. God tells Moses, Moses now calls him in front of everybody, he's laying hands on him and anointing him. This is my successor. Be strong and of good courage. He's telling him in front of everybody. And then now Joshua is talking to God and God's like, be strong and of good courage. And then he gives him instructions. He, I, want, I want you to read, this is absolutely beautiful. Just Let's just read it really quickly in uh, Joshua chapter 1. This is amazing because in verse 2 he says this, Moses, my servant is dead. I, I, just, I just feel like the past season for us is dead. All the supernatural work that happened in that season has gone. Don't, don't rely on that season now. God is about to teach you fresh. He's going to teach you new. Okay, then he says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. That's the first test. You and all these people, that's the first test. To the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place, now listen to this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given it to you as I said to Moses. Come on now, verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Come on now. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Here we go. Be strong and of good courage. For this, for to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. First thing, Joshua, be, be strong and of good courage. Why Lord? Because you need to divide the land between 3 million people. <laughs> Have you ever sat with a family? We've sat with families who've had land disputes, disagreements about who gets which land in the family. Now we're talking about 3 million people and all of them believe that they've got the promise. God told me he's taking me to the promised land. Where's my land? You need courage, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my share? Be strong and of good courage. You need it. For these people you divide. Then he goes on to say, only be strong. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Listen to this. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. He needed courage, strength and courage to obey the law. But see, for us in grace, Jesus has already fulfilled the law. His obedience has already fulfilled the law. So now us, uh, the, us being strong and courageous is not about being law-abiding citizens of the kingdom of heaven, but being grace-abiding citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We function from the fulfilled law. We don't function for fulfilling the law. We function from the fulfillment of the law. And so here we see now, he says, hey, listen, you need courage? 
Now in the new covenant, you need courage to live from the fulfillment of the law. Then he goes on to say this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Hello. The whole book shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in a day and night. This is why you need courage. Good courage. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you, you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Hello. Success in the kingdom of God is not seen by the results of what you do. Success in the kingdom of God is seen in your obedience to the word of God when you're in the middle of a storm. God looks at it. He's like, hey, have you read the Bible today? Good. That's just test one. The next test is, are you going to keep it the rest of the day? When you start facing giants in the day, what do you depend on? Do you depend on your mother's and father's instruction or you depend on my instruction? When you face your giants, do you first go to Google or you go to my Holy Spirit? Come on now. And so here we see that he's saying, have I not commanded you? Like this is not, this is like enough now. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This has been sung so many times to the guy that now even the people come to him. In verse 16, and says, so they answered Joshua and say, all that you commanded us, we will do. I wish everybody in churches were like that. And wherever you send us, we will go. Amen. To everybody in our church doing that. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Amen. To everybody watching. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your word in all that you command him shall be put to death. This is separate. Okay. This is the Old Testament. Only. Be strong and of good courage. Now, three million people are coming up to him and saying, Joshua, you need to be strong, man. You need to be of good courage. We'll follow you two, two, two ways. If the Lord your God is with you and if you are strong and go have good courage. You know, it's awesome to have great aspiration in life. To do awesome things. It's I, I really highly recommend that people don't lose the gift to dream. Dream to do the impossible. But that dream to do the impossible should have come out from the mouth of God. It should have been in God's heart before it came into yours. See, we could have dreams for our life out of selfish motives. I want to have a big house. I want to have picket fence. I want to have five dogs. I want to have Bentley. I want to have Ferrari. I want to have all these things. And that's why I need to be successful so I can have all these things. Or I need to have all these things to show that I'm successful. But as, as Christians, success is determined in the kingdom of God. Success is determined by your obedience to the word of God 
and your faithfulness in the little things. The little things. Before you go and raise someone from the dead, can you pray for someone's headache? Before you actually give a million dollars away, can you start by giving your tithe? And be faithful to it every month, not when your mood fluctuates. I think uh, I don't want to go into that direction now. And we see that, that in this place, God is really teaching us that God is really teaching us that to Him the purpose of courage is different than what we had assumed courage to have. He says you need courage to obey me when all your friends are making fun of you. When all your friends at college are mocking you for being a Christian. That Jesus on the bus kind of Christian. What is all this falling down and shaking stuff, man? But when they fall down and shake in the club, that's absolutely fine. (laughs) But when people start falling down in church, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They start making fun of you. But when they make fun of you, when they ridicule you, where's your faith? Are you embarrassed? Do you give up on Jesus and you become like the heathen? Do you give up on your faith that God so loved you that He gave your life, gave His life for you? Are you giving up on that because of a little pressure from your social club and your little kitty party on Friday? Are you are you giving up on your church because now that nobody is sitting there in your house and seeing whether you are at life at church? At life experience on Friday. You can watch the service anytime, right? See, but in all those things, God is seeing whether you're faithful with the little. And let me tell you something. You might think that that you might be like, oh yeah, you know, look, look, I, I, I got away with that stuff. And look, I got a promotion. Oh look, I got an increase in my salary. Oh look, this person got healed when I prayed for them. It's a test. It's a test for you to reveal whether your heart carries justice or injustice. You think that God was blessing you? Yeah, it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. It's your opportunity to change your life. But if you think that God has blessed you and what you were doing was right, you've got that completely wrong. That lifestyle... God has blessed you with giving you, it's from His mercy that He's blessed you. He's being merciful for you. He's being merciful towards you so that you can change your ways and come back. So that you can begin to see what God's purpose is for your life. And not slack away during the week. Not slack away on a Friday. When you stand before God, it's the place, it's the moment where God meets with His people. And you choose to go for kitty party. You choose to go and hang out in the wilderness, in the desert. Go for desert drives. But you must understand, God is looking at your faithfulness. You're consistent. You need courage to be consistent when nobody's watching. I want you to go to John chapter 16 in closing. I want just to read from verses 32 and 33. Jesus is saying this. Indeed, 
the hour is coming yes has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone yet i am not alone i just want to repeat that i am not alone you are not alone this is this is not a comforting statement right now this is a heart check moment god is with you and just imagine this now you're supposed to be at church in the spirit and the angel of the lord's armies has come to greet you and you're not at home because you're supposed to you're about to face your biggest giant and you missed an encounter with the commander of the angel armies come on man the bible says never forsake the gathering of the believers yes we honor the government for sure we love our government and we serve them but at the same time we gather in spirit and in truth even if we're physically gathering we're gathering in spirit and in truth today these gathering mean more to heaven than when we were gathering in physical because these gatherings require you to have courage to be consistent these are the moments when your tithing is tested when your giving is tested these are the moments when nobody is watching are you do you need the coach to remind you about your tithe do you need the pastor to remind you have an announcement on the bottom of the screen about tithes and offerings and giving do you need that or do you need to be vigilant and consistent i'm faithful with my giving i'm faithful with my time with god i'm faithful with my time at life group i'm not slacking off i'm not making plans at the same time when i'm hanging out with with people at life group come on but i'm making plans i'm clearing out my schedule because i understand whether at life group or at life experience i can have an encounter that would change my life we've got to position ourselves like this church you can't there is no time to become complacent right now we're in the middle of battle you're in the middle of a war you don't even know that there's a wall in front of you but i want to tell you that god is all powerful and he is positioning you setting you up for success but would you give him an opportunity to win the battle for you yes as so jesus is saying this indeed the hour has come indeed the hour is coming yes has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone yet i am not alone because the father is with me these things i have spoken to you spoken that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer that word uh, in in the in the the nasb version of the bible it says this but take courage i have overcome the world he says in this world you will have tribulation you will have trials you will have tests you will have people hating you you will have all these things happen but guess what i've already overcome them he's getting you to see 
what he has already done for you. He's getting you to see that the battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. He's getting you to see that you have been fighting a battle that you shouldn't be fighting. But in fact, you're, you need to be renewing your mind with the word of God. You need to be developing your conscience with the word of God because when you're facing your giant, you need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You've got to look at your giant as an opportunity. You've got to smile at your giant and say, <laughs> where you smile or laugh, I just laugh. I laugh at my giant. When I look at my giant, I laugh at it because I know he's got something that I'm going to have. I laugh at him because he's already lost the battle. I laugh at him because he's already, he's lost his war. He's trying to act like he's somebody, but Jesus has already defeated that body. And it is that guy that I look at and I laugh. Okay, you're storm. Okay, fine. Pandemic. <laughs> okay. One year. Oh my God. Some people have been cringing. One year we've been going through this pandemic. How long, Lord? Well, let it take longer. Ooh. You don't understand. The longer, the bigger the giant, the greater the blessing. The greater the giant, the greater the blessing. Why? It's because we understand that God promotes us. God grows us according to the conscience. And the conscience matures the matures courage to face our giants without flinching. We've got to, courage is about being bolstered in our faith. In God's word. It's about standing strong. When the giant is doing all that stuff. Stand strong and see. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But before you face your giant, are you seeing what God is revealing to you about your giant? Or are you seeing what the giant is saying to you? Oh no business, no money, no this, nothing. My life is over. No, your life is not over. It's just begun. <laughs> your tests have just begun. Sometimes you're like, Lord, how long? You should be, Lord, bring it on. <laughs> when is the next one? Because I'm getting used to plundering the enemy. I'm used to living off the spoils of the enemy. How long, Lord? As long as it takes. Can't sit down and cringe and cry. And be like, oh, poor me, poor me. No, not poor me. Put your mind on what God is saying. Rich me. What? Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop acting like you don't mean anything to God. You mean everything to Him. He gave His life for you. So position yourself, church. Position yourself. I want to encourage you to allow the Word of God to develop your conscience so that when the time comes, to, that you need to face the giant. I'm believing that you are so full of light that the giant will not be able to face you. The minute he sees the light that shines through your life, he will know that that is not just another human being, but that is a new creation in Christ Jesus. That light is not just a tube light, but that light is the light of God. That is life. You're a life-giving source. So today I want to encourage you, church, to be steadfast in your faith. Be steadfast in your love for God and His people.
Be steadfast in your commitments to God. Be steadfast in, in, in expanding the kingdom of God. You, you, there is a purpose for your life. It's not just to have riches and wealth. All of that is just a byproduct. It's just a byproduct. God has already won the war for you. God has already plundered the enemy for you. These things are just a byproduct of you being faithful to the word of God on the inside of you. Right now in the spirit, I'm seeing there is a lady who is, um, who there, she has a, you have a wound on your leg and that wound is taking time to heal because you're diabetic. And um, there's been some issues. Actually, I'm looking into, the, into your past uh, and there was a moment in time where the doctors uh, diagnosed you wrong. They actually made you a diabetic. And there was an issue with the doctor who uh, was trying to get people uh, more sick because uh, he wanted more money. The, the, it was greed that was causing him to do this. And, it, and this lady was an innocent lady that went to him for something. Uh, uh, and I'm seeing it had to do uh, with uh, your eyes. Yeah, your eyes were getting dim uh, and you're an elderly lady. And I'm seeing now that when you went to this doctor, the doctor started treating you and said it was diabetes when actually it was just age. It was actually a cataract issue in your eyes. And I'm seeing right now, uh, the blind, the, the cataract in your eyes continued to grow, actually became worse to a point where now I'm seeing your eyes being fully covered uh, with white and you're really struggling to see through the other eye. And I'm seeing that the doctor diagnosed you with diabetes and he started giving you insulin and a medication and he literally caused you to become a diabetic. And I'm seeing the Lord beginning to heal your body right now. You've been crying out to the Lord for salvation because the medicines were expensive for you. But right now I'm, I can see, I, I want to let you know that God has heard your prayer. God has seen you crying. God has seen you in pain. And the Lord is healing you right now. Diabetes will leave your body. Everyone's struggling with diabetes. Right now I release healing in the name of Jesus over your body. You'll become normal. You'll be able to eat normal. Your body will not become insulin resistant. In fact, it will absorb it. Everything will be fine. Your liver will function according to the way God has created it. Your stomach, your, your blood will begin to function the way God created it. I'm seeing right now, there is a person who is in need of 5,000 dirhams to pay a bill. You've had your job and you've not managed your money well, but the Lord is saying right now, He's supernaturally providing 5,000 dirhams to you so that you can pay that bill, but also you can have more than enough. I'm also seeing another, that you you getting another 10,000 dirhams, but supernaturally, God is providing another 10,000 dirhams to you so that you can actually have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God. And I just, I just want to release this blessing right now over people, over people's finances. There are, there are bills that need to be paid and you were wondering where and how you're going to get it. I want to encourage you. The battle does not belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. The Lord has already provided for you. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord when it comes to your finances. Stand still and see God moving and providing for you. He is your provider. Right now, I'm looking at a person who I don't understand. I don't. I don't. I, I used to hear this a lot when I was growing up as a as a child in India. There's a there's a disease that that's like a snake that comes around your stomach, and when it meets, it causes uh, uh, you a lot of pain. Uh, and it's like a it's like a it looks like a belt 
on your waist but it's actually on your skin uh, and right now that that spirit will stop spreading in the name of Jesus i command that spirit to stop spreading it will not meet it will not constrict you i see a spirit that is trying to constrict your life you're actually struggling to breathe now and right now in the name of jesus i set you free i set your lungs free in jesus name you are set being set free right now i see a person who's who the doctor said that because of the gangrene in your legs that it needs to be amputated right now in the name of jesus i release fresh blood into that leg i release fresh oxygen into the blood in that leg right now i release life into that leg i cancel the word of the doctor and i declare that that leg is healed it will it will turn from blue into perfect color that god created it right now i'm seeing blindness being healed right now in the name of jesus those who are wearing glasses begin to take your glasses off because god is healing eyes right now in the name of jesus i'm seeing a, a child who used to have a, a a pot you know like a dumb box we used to call it dumb box i don't know why but we used to call it dumb box where they used to save money like a money box and i saw that you putting coins in that box and you actually had a desire to start a business one day when you were a child you had a you wanted to start a business and because of marriage because of indian customs laws all that kind of stuff you ended up getting married and you lost that desire for that business but it's always been a dream in your heart i'm seeing right now the lord providing you finances and also a business idea i'm seeing energy being uh, the, the concept of energy being released right now to you you will have a brilliant idea to to actually use energy natural energy uh, as something that god will give you like i mean like tesla is doing with batteries and and you 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 will help people to come off depending on these resources to have natural energy i'm seeing this happening right now i'm seeing a, a person a lady in south africa uh, you're a white south african lady and i'm seeing you really struggling with arthritis in your legs uh, right now i release healing into into your legs right now every form of arthritis in in that lady's life or anybody watching if you are getting up struggling with pain uh, in your joints if your joints are clicking if all these things are happening right now i command every spirit right now in the name of jesus to let go and i release healing into your legs arthritis leave the body right now i just declare right now in jesus name that that there is a person who's working in a bank and uh you are actually owed a lot of money by the bank uh it's it's funny because you are an employee of the bank and you were you you need to get paid uh your bonuses and your commissions for whatever you've been doing over the years and the bank has got into a bad situation uh and uh and they did not have the money but now they have the money but you have entered into a moment of grief in your heart you actually you've come into a place where bitterness has gone into your heart and because of that bitterness you've become like 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 what the bible says you're neither hot nor cold you're neither not not salty nor sweet you've become lukewarm and it's literally caused your walk with god to become lukewarm because you've completely lost faith in god providing a solution for this because it's been so long and it's been dragged on for so long but right now i'm seeing the salvation of the lord over your life i'm seeing god looking uh, at your heart and he's restoring your heart he's removing bitterness against people he's he's just he's blessing you with his grace to remove bitterness anger jealousy envy he remove that out of your heart so that he can bless you i want to encourage you that 
The reason why God sometimes withholds blessing is because we don't steward our hearts. When we have bitterness, when we have wickedness, we have anger in our hearts. If God blesses us, He also blesses the wickedness and bitterness and all these things in our heart. So I want to encourage you church to really allow your heart. Right now I'm seeing hearts being healed. Hearts are being healed in Jesus' name. Bitterness, stress on the heart. People are, couldn't, cannot sleep because of stress. Right now your heart is being healed. But I, I want to encourage you church to allow your heart, to, to, to allow your conscience, the eyes of your heart, to begin to see people the way Christ sees them. Because when you do that, then you begin to tap into every good blessing God has already provided for you. And so God will manifest these things in your life when you steward your heart well. So this week, I want to encourage you to be steadfast in the Word of God. Be of good courage. Allow your courage to do good works this week. So we bless you. We love you. And we're believing that we will see you face to face. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.